question, what are your plans following graduation or have you already graduated from a university and now you are seeking that job, that career that you've been dreaming about since you were a little kid? Oh my goodness, what has happened in the world? Well, let's start here. There's a global pandemic that has changed the lives of everyone with a heartbeat and a pulse. That includes you and it includes me. The difference between you and me, I am many years past being a graduate. You perhaps, as you're listening to me, have just graduated And because of this pandemic all over the world, maybe your plans, your dreams, and your goals for traveling to other countries to get an education about cultures, religions, cuisines, way of life, as I did, this is truly one of the main things that have made me the global citizen and woman of business and in business that I have become, could not have achieved it without living in all the countries, more than 40, I might add, around the world. But now here you are, you've got a degree, you may even have plans and desires to work on your master's or a dissertation to receive your doctorate. And you were planning to do that in another country and you're thinking, how am I going to do that now? because I can't travel, borders are closed, yada yada, there's a lot of things that would push you back or discourage you. This is Inspire Me. I'm your host, René Dubovois, and I am here to inspire you, to touch, heal, and inspire you, and hopefully to inspire some new ideas and new opportunities, expose you to new opportunities, certainly to expose you to a new way of thought, to a new way of thinking that will establish a paradigm shift in you to think about your approach, your goals in a different way. I've entitled this podcast, Graduates Ponder the Question, What Next? So here again, I ask the question, What are your plans after graduation? Maybe you're still in university or you just were released from the university a few days ago. Some of you maybe a few hours ago. Yippee! But what are your plans? It's a fair question. Imagine being at a graduation ceremony and everywhere you look and everywhere and as far as you can hear... You can hear people asking the graduate, so what are your plans after graduation? I don't know about you, but I think it's a fair question, but maybe a rude question as well. You've just spent the last four years, eight years, some of you 10 years in a university, pressed down, running over, allowing lecturers to give into your mind, your bosom, so that you can walk out of there highly intelligent, highly equipped, 
to go and do the job that you most seek and desire. People will always ask you, so don't don't take it personally, graduates, and don't even allow it to make you angry. It's a fair question, while again, it may be a rude one. But here's what I'd like you to think about. This is a question that many university students or students who are about to become graduates, I know many of you would prefer that we don't ask, especially in today's global pandemic and the uncertainty of life and even one's future because of the pandemic. Now, the coronavirus, while it has shut down borders, it has also paradoxically opened other doors for students, for graduates, and academics. It, it really has. All you gotta do is keep your eyes wide open and not wide shut. It has really opened other doors. And while you may prefer face-to-face learning, I'd like you to see the opportunities that your future has with some tips I'd like to offer you. First of all, I agree with you. Face-to-face learning is always the best. I've said this quote a few times in other podcasts, and I think it's really befitting and certainly appropriate for this particular podcast. Before I give you my do's and don'ts and tips for how to get a job, because really that's what this podcast is all about. I want you to think about this. In the classroom, the professor, the lecturer, the teacher first gives the lesson and after giving the lesson gives the test. But if you are a graduate, now you are entering into the classroom of life and the teacher, the professor, The lecturer is life itself. And the way it works in life's classroom is the reverse. First, life's professor gives the test and after gives the lesson. Do you hear me now? In life, you're going to always be tested long before you get the understanding. I think it is quite appropriate to explain to you that now that you are entering into a new life, a new form of life, a new place in life, you've got to realize that everything that is going to confront you in life, it is going to confront you with challenges, with difficulties, with disappointments, with ambivalence, it's going to hit you upside the head like nobody's business. And you're going to wonder where the hell is all of this coming from? What did I do wrong in life to deserve this? Uh Uh-uh. Don't get it twisted and don't take it there. Understand in the classroom, you're being prepared for life's classroom. You're being taught 
But in a classroom, traditional classroom, you're given the lesson and then after you're given the test. That is to test the ability of your comprehension and you're retaining the information that was provided you. Life doesn't care about that. Life cares about first giving you the test and then after making sure you've understood the lessons from that test. You will never succeed in life or life's classroom if you're not first willing to take the test. You're not going to be taught first in life. Life is going to provide you all sorts of tests, whether you're ready for it or not. And in life's classroom, you are not given tips, strategies, notes to enhance your understanding prior to that test. Uh Uh-uh. Life just hits you with the test. And whether, again, you're ready for it or not, you are going to either immensely fail or wonderfully achieve a passing grade. I don't care what age you are, what race you are, what religion you practice, what cuisine you prefer to eat. Life's classroom doesn't stop providing tests and after the lesson until you die. That's when everything stops. That's when learning stops. That's when giving stops. That's when joy stops. Everything ends in death. I've often also talked about the three extractions in life, love, time, and death. And we all experience it. We don't all fall in love. We're not all in love, but we all are exposed to love. The love of a parent, the love of a friend, the love of a partner, and on and on. The love of a relative. People can love you without being in love with you. So I want to give you some tips because I know you're pondering what's next. One of the tips I want to offer for your understanding is what's keeping you from getting a job? And there are three things I want you to ponder or to listen to that's keeping you from getting a job. And you may have high accolades from the university and yet you're, you're just stumped by the fact that you still don't have a job, that you don't seem to be able to get a job. There are three things I want you to think about that might be keeping you from getting a job. Number one, poor preparation. Number two, not being proactive enough. Number three, a lack of experience. Let's get into it for a moment. Poor preparation. What I'm telling you here is that you have to start early to develop a resume. Don't wait until you've graduated to develop your resume. First of all, you're not going to remember all the wonderful things that you obtained during your four years or eight years of university learning. So as you're going along, be building and and creating 
your resume, as is it's called in some countries, your CV, curriculum vitae, as it's known and called in other countries. Gather supporting application materials, practice interviewing, and acquire interview attire. Now that one I want to play around with a little bit. A lot of you seem to think, and if you're guilty and you're mad and you get off the podcast, you're only hurting yourself. Because anything I say to you, it is to enhance, touch, heal, and inspire you. Not to tear you down, but rather to build you up. I have had people come to my office, and particularly women, who smell to high heaven. Oh, God awful. I can smell them coming. What is wrong with you and the hygiene that you should be quite meticulous about under your dress? Yeah, I said it. It's God-awful, and you should be bloody slapped for it, for walking around smelling like that. And you know, it's really bad when men want to use an air freshener or tell women that she needs to go and clean herself. That's bad. And I see it and hear it all the time. Secondly, as it relates to interview attire, Don't come to my office or go to any office trying to get a job that's paying thousands of dollars a year and all we see are titties. Yep, I said it. Your breast is not what we're looking to hire. While your breast will come with the job in hiring you, your breasts are not what we're looking to hire. So the low cuts and if you are blessed with very big breasts, whether you were born with it or you had them surgically enhanced. That's not what we're looking to hire, nor do we care to see it. An employer is looking for a conservative, modest tone to your attire. If your skirt is so high that when you sit down, I can't see the skirt, you need to go. That is the attire of a hooker or a whore on the street, real talk, or some girl that's swinging on a pole. And dare I say it, some of these women swinging on poles who are already completely naked with only a G-string, they have better sense than a lot of you who don't do it. So don't get it twisted and knock them. Because a lot of them that have approached my company, they had it down to the max when it came to appropriate attire. Ladies put on a suit jacket or wear a dress, but I don't want to see, nor does an employer, want to see a dress on you that looks like somebody painted it on you. It doesn't need to be that tight. In other words, don't wear a a, a tire close to an interview that you would wear to a club, that you would wear on a date. That is not appropriate. And I don't bloody care what you millennials say. You're wrong when you think that's okay. And you will not get a job. And you can't blame the white man, the white woman, and anybody else for being racist or, you know, um, what is the other one that I hear a lot? Um, you know, uh, segregating or 
you know, not being good to women, what all these things that are out there, drop it. If you're not dressed appropriately, you shouldn't get the job. I'm not going to hire anybody. I don't care what your CV says. I don't care what references are high and glowing. If you're dressed like that for an interview, you're going to come to my place of employment like that. And that is just creating major hoopla and problems in the workplace because of how you're dressed and your hygiene. Men, you need to concentrate on underarms and wearing a decent suit and pants that don't show your underwear. I don't care what race you are, everybody does that. That is not gonna get you a job. And it doesn't matter if you're going to a tire company, pull your pants up. So that's number one, poor preparation. By the way, these are tips that are keeping you from getting a job, irregardless to the degree you manage to obtain. (coughs) Excuse me. Number two, not being proactive enough. Many of you apply for the job, but never follow up. You think that it's just going to come out of the air. You have to follow up on that job. Because first of all, in so doing, you are conveying to that employer, the person that interviewed you, number one, that you respected their time as well as your own. Number two, that you really have an interest in the job. That's why you're following up. If that job happens to be as an account executive, which is sales, and you follow up with the employer or the interviewer, that person knows that in sales, you're going to do the same thing with a potential new client. Oh yeah, I'm ready to hire anybody that's going to follow up two or three times. It shows a discipline and it shows high interest in securing the job in my organization. Number three, the lack of experience. Your CV or your resume is a marketing tool. And it provides, as a marketing tool, a summary that's relevant to an internship. So understand what I'm saying. While you may not have a lot of experience, it's kind of like I hear all the time, well, how do I get the experience if nobody will give me the job? You're right on that. But if your CV doesn't show any kind of internship, and granted, most internships do not provide you coins. It doesn't provide you money, a salary. But what it does provide you is the experience. And if I see as an employer and other employers see a lot of internships, at least two or three, that shows us of your willingness to find work and get the experience in order to get a paid job. Any resume or CV that I look at that does not display internships somewhere at least once, you're not interested in gaining the experience. So why should I be interested in giving it to you? You understand that there are patterns of behavior that articulate where your head, mind, and thoughts are and what you're willing to do to gain access to employment with that company. Don't even think about going to Fortune 500 companies if there's no internship showing anywhere 
on your CV. Again, it's a marketing tool and it provides us an opportunity to see what you're about and what you've been doing with your time. And by the way, let me drop this nugget bonus on you. We will check social media. So if you're on Facebook with a lot of craziness, showing different parts of your body, allowing us to see you bunch drinking and all of that, you will not, I repeat, will not get the job. That is just not appropriate. If you want to get sloppy drunk on your spare time, it's your business. But don't make it public. Don't post it. No employer wants to see and or hire anybody that wants to be drunk and turn around and expose that drunken behavior all over social media. Look, honey, the internet is going to outlive you. When you're dead and gone, everything you posted will still be on the internet. Remember that. So whatever you're posting, be responsible, be engaging, be fun and loving, and show the nice side about you. But all that raunchy stuff, keep it out. Now let's talk about the things to do. I've just given you three things not to do. So here's the first thing to do to get the job. Number one, network. Make connections. Network. But networking doesn't mean, again, throwing yourself all over social media and your body and all these things. You know, keep it simple and don't don't flounder and, and expose yourself in ways that's not going to be enhancing on your reputation. Your reputation will precede you. And if you do things that is not appropriate, you'll be unemployed for a very long time. Number two on the things that you should do. Don't wait. I hear often, I'm waiting to hear back. What are you waiting for? I've already told you that if you're not going to do the follow-up, you shouldn't expect the employee to do it. You've got to be drop dead on point for the employer to either offer you the job on the spot or to offer you a second interview. So in the unlikely event that that doesn't occur, you better be prepared. You should be prepared to not wait, but go out and seek the decision and the answer. So don't wait. Go and find a way to hear back. Because what that person is going to tell you that interviewed you or some of the reasons or some of the things that you need to consider, reconsider, or that you should just completely do. And if you are willing to adhere to that kind of criticism, you'll get the job with that company or another one. But by all means, you're going to learn the mistakes you made in that interview. And you know, it has never failed. I have often seen this. When people come for an interview, whether recent graduates or not, they never follow up. They always wait to hear back. Like you're all that in a bag of chips and you're not. Because if you were, you would have been hired on the spot. Be real. Be realistic. Be pragmatic. And do what you have to do to get the job or to at least get a call back. 
And if that's not happening, at least discover why. That's the very least you can do to enhance your own life and future to get a job. Number three on my list of things that you should do, do market research. Now look, once you have a job goal, let's start there. You've got to have a a job goal. What is it and what kind of job or career are you trying to, to obtain? Even though your degree may be in another field, but since graduating, you have discovered something that you would really prefer to do, then let that be your goal. So define your job goal. What do you want it to be? What area of marketing do you want to specialize in? What area of marketing do you want to uh, to research or to work in? And then research what the company is looking for. If you don't know what job you want and what kind of specific details to that job that you you want, you'll never be able to research what that company is looking for. Companies have always and always will post what they're looking for. So when I say do the research, I'm conveying you need to research what they're looking for. That way, if you're given the opportunity to have a face-to-face meeting or virtual meeting, you can mention In my research, I noticed that you were looking for blah, blah, blah. Here are three things or two things or one of the things I have begun doing in that category, in that instance of what I would like to bring to an employer. I have strong, and you see, you build on the interest in that employer to hiring you based on the research that you did regarding what they're looking for. Oh, this is so good. And if you do that, Honey, you're not only going to get a second interview, you're going to get hired on the spot. Employers want to know what you have done to earn the right, number one, to sit there in front of them and take up their time. Number two, what have you done to earn the right to be hired in the first bloody place? So if you can sit in front of me or another employer and tell us what you know that we have identified that we're looking for and what you've done to be the perfect person for that role, for those needs. Oh la la, you'll get hired. Here's the bonus for this particular podcast. Spend time volunteering. Oh la 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 la, if I don't say anything else, this or if you don't pay attention to anything else, please listen to this. A lot of you don't want to volunteer because again, like internships, there's no money in it. But what you have failed to realize is that your future employment is in that volunteer opportunity. Not only are you gaining experience, you're gaining exposure. You are showing how you're willing to contribute to the community. Job hunters and corporations often do events in the community for community awareness, for uh, support to the community. And if you are willing to volunteer for that company, I knew a young woman that wanted to work in the city of Houston's um, department for people trying to be trained who were uneducated, yeah, yeah, yeah. That young woman worked for that company 
non-paid for almost two years, learned the job perfectly. At the end of that volunteer run, they hired her. Not only did they hire her, but they put her in a management role. Again, two years of just working like she was getting a paycheck every week or every month. And they hired her. Now, she doesn't have that job today. She worked for them for several years. She got married and moved to Dallas. My point is, it works. So if you're not willing to volunteer, then potential employers don't know who you are or where you are. And they don't know of your willingness to develop and gain skills in their organization as it relates to community. You understand that supporting the community through your efforts of working with an organization, I dare you to research corporations all over the world. And on their website, there is one thing you're going to see, and that's community. When you go to that, you are going to see what they're doing in the community and how and why they need and when volunteers. You are out of your mind if you don't take advantage of it. I'm your host, René Dubovois. I hope you've learned a great deal about pondering what's next. You're a graduate, so now how do you get a job? I've given you the things and tips to do to gain the job and things you shouldn't do that will hurt you. So thank you for listening. All the best for now. Merci beaucoup. Bonne journée. Au revoir.